This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hello and welcome to another edition of the wrap up the Raptors Republic live post game show on YouTube and on the podcast network where we are also uh, kind of replacing Samson's folks Raptors reaction podcast as uh, he has lost his voice and is unable to do it tonight. So welcome if you are a regular Raptors reaction podcast viewer and you're just tuning in. I'm Oren Weisfeld. I'm going to be joined in just a moment by producer and guest on tonight's episode Keon Haddad we just witnessed the Toronto Raptors lose once again uh 114 to 105 to the Brooklyn Nets but that score is being very generous as the Raptors really never stood a chance in this game pulled off another nice fake comeback late and that was kind of you know they brought it to within six or seven or something at one point and that was the closest they got it but for the vast majority of the game they were just getting crushed by the Brooklyn Nets the they allowed again 40 points in the first quarter for the second straight game after what happened in New Orleans which was another blowout and yeah I mean it was it was good to see the Raptors kind of fight back and show some fight uh, especially Scotty before kind of tweaking his knee really showed some some fight in the beginning of the fourth quarter there and and they did pull it to within a, a three possession game so credit to the Raptors for that um but I I, I think I want to start at the beginning of the game because the Raptors this game got away from them right at the beginning and it was just another really similar game to New Orleans where they came out with just nothing like they're learning the hard way that the NBA season is a real grind and you can't just kind of like half. I don't want to swear, but like you can't just come into these games and kind of expect anything. You have to be uber prepared and, and that comes down to like routine. It comes down to getting a good night's sleep. It's like sounds like really simple things, but like doing the scout, watching film um, and just like coming to the game with a competitive like energy to where you're ready to be physical and play from the from the opening whistle and the Raptors for the last two games just haven't been and they kind of play themselves into that as the game goes on into that competitive spirit and they're just not really talented enough to get away with that and, and more to the point like I think more concerning than that is that this is like a, a organization that has prided itself for years on being the hardworking team, right? Like being the team that is is just going to go after loose balls and, and do those little things better than their opponents. And they're going to win in the margins. Even if they don't have as much talent, they've always kind of won in those margins. And this whole season, I don't think they've done that consistently. They haven't won on the second night of a back-to-back. They'll have another opportunity to do that tomorrow. But 
that's just like one little example that shows like on the second night of a back-to-back when you're tired do you bring it or do you like most teams kind of fall apart and and um yeah, the Raptors haven't brought that energy consistently enough. So, Keon, I'll, I'll bring you on here. And I guess just let's start there in terms of the way the Raptors have started these last two games. Um, you know, how concerned are you? And is there anything that you've been seeing at the start of the games that, that has caught your eye? I mean, it's kind of crazy if you look how the week started against Cleveland. They allowed yeah. 80 points all game, 88 points all game. And then the next two games, it just looks like the effort has just taken a huge dip. Just wide open cutters, just not hustling on the boards like we're used to seeing. It just seems like an effort problem at this point. Like it, guys getting blown by consistently, just weak help, weak weak help in the passing lanes. Like it's, it's I'm pretty concerned because. We, we were making the excuses about injuries, but I know we're still missing a couple guys, but everyone's mostly everyone except Precious is mm-hmm. back. Like Pascal's back, Scotty's back, Gary's back. Like the, 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 it's starting to get concerning. They're three and nine on the road now. And it, it just seems like a lack of effort. And like when you look on paper, it's a lot of lengthy athletic guys who you hope can, who you hope like can create like, effort at least just if you can get those players can give effort then the defense should not look this bad especially mm-hmm. at the start so so yeah it's a bit concerning for me at least but yeah we'll, we'll see how it can change no me too I, I think you made up a good point about the injuries of guy you brought that up because on the broadcast they were kind of at the beginning of the game making a bunch of it kind of excuses in terms of oh it's a new starting lineup they don't really have chemistry together they're just getting back from injuries you know, the Nets are actually the team missing Ben Simmons and missing Yuto Adnabe, two players that are actually crucial to what they do, whereas the Raptors are missing, you know, Otto and Precious, good players, no doubt, but guys who haven't really figured into the rotation at all this season. So every rotation player is healthy for the Raptors. Um, so that's no excuse. And, and if you want to talk about the chemistry side of things, I've seen a lot of Nick Nurse talk on the timeline, and I I really want to get into that because I have some opinions on it. But like, I do think in terms of the chemistry aspect, this is kind of what happens when you change the starting lineup because that fivesome with Gary and Scotty and the small group, say what you will about it, you know, they couldn't really rebound. There was... There was definitely some problems with it, but they did have chemistry. They, they had this budding chemistry growing together, I thought. And I was saying in the offseason, put Gary on the bench. I think it, I think basically Gary, like Nick should have done that in the offseason. If you wanted to move Gary to the bench, because they played so many minutes together, that fivesome, they got a routine and they built all this chemistry. And now Gary goes to the bench and, and the new fivesome, it's true, it doesn't really have uh, chemistry there's not really a clear hierarchy i found where pascal is obviously the guy but there is it doesn't really look like he's the clear at least in a game like this like i wanted to see him have more of the ball in the first half when guys were just fred would take a bad shot then then scotty would take a bad shot then gary would take a bad shot boucher and it was just like can we have pascal our best player handle the ball here a little bit and like consistently um Let's talk about Nick Nurse, basically. So, yeah, I guess I'll ask your opinion on it first. Like, people are calling for Nick Nurse's job because Raptors fans are crazy. But I think 
I think there is something to be said to the idea that this style of play, it it can grind on people. And if you're not giving 100% in nurses kind of system, then it falls apart really quick. And and there's no half-assing this system. There's no 50%ing this system. You have to go at 100% or it completely collapses. So yeah, do you think there's anything to that point about Nick either having to change the system or or maybe a different coach? Um, I think a different coach is a bit excessive at this point. We've seen Nick do wonders with this team in the past. He won coach of the year when no one expected the Raptors to be anything after Kawhi left. Basically a 60-win season right after he left, obviously a championship. I know this last stretch here for the Raptors, the defense has looked really porous. But, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call for a coaching change. I don't think there will be one at all. And when it comes to the strategy, I mean, it's the same strategy as last year. I mean, you have to, you have to, it's, it's, well, like you said, it's about effort. And that's just the main, like, stem of this is the effort on the defensive end. And uh, I look at, like, players like Scotty, like, today, like, he didn't have it on the defensive end. And it's, it's honestly, like, you can see a regression from last year on the defensive end where he's just, like, last year, like, he was giving more energy and more effort on that end. And this year, he's just letting guys blow by him on a consistent basis. Um, like, like Sumner was, was getting right by him all game. And, and it's to the point where it's an effort type of thing. And about the starting lineup that you brought up earlier, I, I agree with you with the chemistry. I mean, the Raptors are starting a guy that we expected to be in the G League this year. and. Mm-hmm. That's that's no knock on Coloco. He he did he does it he does his role. He, he plays his role well. But I mean, I, I would personally like to see Gary or even Thad Thad who only played four minutes today. Like in, in like the last few weeks, we've seen him have a real big impact on this team. And four minutes is just not enough for me. And, and Birch today, I thought he he gave great effort, and I thought he was giving the Raptors something when, after that slow start. And he only played that one short stint in the first quarter with four minutes. So yeah. I like the rotations from there to be better, but like at the end of the day with the defensive strategy, it's really just about effort and I don't know how, how much you can really change. Yeah. I I think Coloco, there's no reason he should be starting. It's twice in a row now against the Nets where Claxton has just schooled him. And yeah, maybe you're trying to match size for size there, but then like you said, go Birch if you want like a traditional center in there. Uh, that that's frustrating me. And there there's reasonable quibbles to have with Nick Nurse. But my thing is like with people calling for his job is like there is no system. There's no scheme. There's no game plan that could have won this game if the Raptors are going to come out the way they did and play without energy on defense, give up rebounds because they're not boxing out, take bad shots. It's just basketball fundamentals that they're that they're messing up right now. And those are not things that you can blame on the coach like again there's there was just no scheme that you can blame for this game it wasn't i actually thought they did good things against katie and Kyrie this game other guys hit shots but but yeah like they didn't rotate out quick enough to those other guys and and some of that was just an effort thing or it was losing a guy for a backdoor cut or it was giving up a second chance point and like a rebound and then a clear pass to an open three it was a lot of that so I don't understand how after a game like this, you can go on Twitter and be like, Nick Nurse 
his job he can't he can't do it it's like okay maybe do that after like a game where the raptors get out coached or out schemed but don't do it after a game where they get outplayed um because yeah i i did mention earlier that like there's something to be said about his style of play grinding on guys and you you like guys having to give 100% effort and I, I I do understand if there's some frustration with guys kind of getting just tired of that. But my thing is, what's the alternative? Do you want a Tibbs in here who just plays vets and just plays drop coverage? And then the Raptors have, yeah, their their floor is a little bit higher, but their ceiling's a lot lower. Like, I would always rather have the coach who's going to coach the highest possible ceiling, even though there might be some things that go wrong. And some nights it looks really, really bad, like tonight. Um, but I don't blame that on him. I really blame it on like, I don't know if these guys have been drinking in New Orleans and in New York these past two nights, but it feels like it, like genuinely, like this is a young team and it feels like they're just coming out uh, for these games, like kind of laughing, like, ah, it's okay. Like we'll be, we'll get serious when the playoffs come around. We made the playoffs last season. We'll be back there. And by that time, I'm going to be serious. And I think there's a good time to transition to Scotty because you kind of mentioned some things, you know, I think there have been some concerning things with Scotty this season. I don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to be, but the body language is problematic. It doesn't, it doesn't look like he's as locked in as he was last year. And it doesn't look like he's having as much fun as he did last year either. Yeah. I mean, last year, it just looked like no one was expecting him to take that leap. Everyone was obviously talking about how, like the Raptors, that was a bad pick. It should have been subs. And he wanted to make a point that he was the right pick all along. And you, you can tell last year he was campaigning for that rookie of the year. You know, like he was always talking about in interviews. He said how big it was for his legacy. And, and now it just looks like he, he, I don't really see the issue. I mean, like if you look at his numbers offensively, like they look all right, like 17 points, nine rebounds, but seven turnovers is not what you want. Um, like and, and some of those turnovers were just really, like, like mistakes you just don't want to see. That flagrant, too. That angle doesn't really do it justice. They did show another replay from the side yeah. a bit. But... At first, I was like, why are they reviewing this? And then I was like, yeah, that's probably the right call. Like, he, he it was a frustration foul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that, that was right after that uh, blow-by play that you just showed. Like, that was mm. probably a couple possessions later. So, I mean... You, you want him to get better. You want him to be better. And especially with, with like rookies around them, they're starting to take, or players from his draft class taking a bit of a leap. Like you want him to get better because that's really where the trajectory of this Raptors team goes is how good he goes. Cause his ceiling is really the Raptors ceiling. Um, he, he, in the off season, we were talking about how we were keeping him instead of Kevin Durant and all this, and he has superstar potential. And I know it's just, 10 games or 20 games into his um his sophomore season but he has not showed that so far yeah and and like for me at least i'm not i'm not really worried about the long-term upside at all like nothing has changed for me in terms of his long-term how good he can be because he continues to show these flashes that we've never seen before he continues to show flashes of elite defense his shooting has gone a lot better which i think has really been underplayed this season but at least for the present, it's probably the most important skill that he could develop. Like right now, we don't need Scotty to be a number one guy who brings it up the court and initiates offense. 
we need him to be a, a, a bit of a floor spacer with Pascal and, and a guy, a connective passer. So the shooting is big for me and we see all these good flashes, but yeah, like in terms of the right now, I think he is just having this struggle to transition to again, like the grind of the NBA season. Like it's clear to me that he's not getting up for every game with the same like enthusiasm that he did last season. Like some games he's kind of treating as, uh, again, we'll be in the playoffs, so I'll try then. But right now, like, I, I just don't really want to put my body on the line that way. I don't really want to, like, you know, go into the post every possession or take it into a guy's chest every possession or or sit down on defense and lock in every possession. But he's learning the hard way that they need that from him. And, like, he's not good enough to not do those little things and to have success. Like, as talented as he is, he needs to do all the little things on top of the the kind of skill, natural skill that he has if he wants to have uh, a lot of success this season. So, yeah. Uh, any last points on Scotty? I think we basically covered it. I think we should, like, I think it'll get better. I don't think this is something we should expect all year. Yeah. And, and I'll say this, though. Like, there are people these always happen in these debates where people take one side or the other and say like, no, you can't like criticize Scotty's body language. You're not there or whatever. Or then there's people on the other side who are like, he's terrible, trade him. And it's like, no, I think we can criticize the body language because we saw what he did last season and he looked like a different player. And at the same time, he has still had games this season where he looks even better than he did last season. So it's somewhere in between those two things. And uh, you don't have to like take a side and not let anyone argue the other way. Anyways, let's talk about some good things. What, who, who do you want to like talk about on, on the Raptors here that you thought had a good game or that you thought um, maybe bounced back in a way? I mean, someone who uh, um, I actually was quite impressed with was Gary Trent today. Um, off the bench, he only came off the bench one time last year. This year, uh, it's his second or third straight game, I believe. And he, when the Raptors at the start were struggling mightily offensively, he came in today again. Basically, the same thing he did in New Orleans and gave him a spark, lit up that fake comeback that we love to talk about. He, he had 16 points. He was 6 of 11. And he had he was two steals. Back like last year after Nick Nurse criticized him, he was – he was uh, getting the passing lanes and giving more effort on defense, which is just exactly what you want to see from him. Um, I don't know if this means you put him back in the starting lineup because I feel like you might want this production off the bench and maybe start a more traditional big, but not Coloco at, at preferably in the starting five, like Birch. Yeah, maybe I think Precious, Precious is ideal when he's yeah. back, yeah. And, and we know Nick said that's not for a couple more weeks. Oh, I think it'll be like more a, mo- a month and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, until then, it, it, it could be Thad. It could be Juancho even as well. Who I like um, that. I really I like, like that as that starting center. Me too. I mean, the format, the format like I said earlier, Foreman's tonight is not what you want. I feel like he can bring much more to this team. Yeah. Like a, a much better veteran leadership for this team when they're down big in the first quarter, down allowing 41 points, 40 having – him out there and really help keep the team together to stop that run. But yeah, Gary 
looked great today. He looked great in the uh, game against New Orleans, one of the few bright spots. And obviously Pascal, I mean, he, he was good today as well, 24.7 rebounds, four assists, and, and pretty efficient from the field. Not like exactly what you want from him, but you need the help around him. Well, I would say very efficient, seven for 15 and, and 11 field, uh, free throws. Pascal is so unselfish that he almost always like makes the right play and, and passes it to his teammates. And the Raptors as a whole have a really like uh, democratic offensive system, but his teammates need to do a way better job of finding him. Like, because mm-hmm. 15 shots tonight isn't enough when you needed offense and OG and, and um, Van Vliet are taking the same amount of shots, especially Fred, but that's another issue. Uh, yeah, his teammates need to find him more because otherwise he's not going to take the proper amount of shots that I think like his skill on offense is so much higher than anyone else on this team that he should be taking most nights the vast majority of the shots. But that's only going to happen if guys find him and make the extra pass and because he is going to get off the ball just naturally. The only the other guys I would shout out is OG just start to finish a really really solid game like he was the one guy tonight i wasn't getting mad about like his his uh shot selection was good defense was good as ever good game and then honestly boucher like it's not gonna pop off the stat sheet but he was a plus 12 so that pops <laughs> he's the only plus player and and he's plus 12 so that actually is is amazing um and it wasn't a great game like scoring wise but uh yeah, like the rebounding, and I just thought he was really active. There was at least two plays where he closed out on someone and they traveled because um, they just didn't really expect him to get there. So those guys, uh, those guys deserve some shout outs. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, Gary Trent, definitely, uh, definitely glad you brought him out. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find a good, a good. Um, play for our new segment that i'm trying to introduce um our our clean play of the game (laughs) so let me just let me just find this here okay we'll we'll give it to we'll give it to chris boucher this is our this is our new segment if you could get a banner up please keon this is our manscaped clean play of the day uh because yeah manscaped new sponsor (laughs) Uh, go to manscaped.com if you're in Canada, if you're in America, wherever you are, go to manscaped.com and, and look into it because honestly, Christmas is right around the corner. Get your Christmas shopping out of the way early. Um, don't leave it to the last minute. Go on now, get it shipped in a couple days, wrap it. And, and I got an example here of a little box you can get for your, for your loved ones, right? It comes with some creams, some ointments, comes with a shaver and it comes with like a, a facial trimmer and yeah, like, you know, it's, it's for your private parts, but uh, I think this box is a great Christmas present and it's about 60 bucks minus 20%. That's, that's a great, that's a great, and they have all types of like other boxes kind of like this. Um, so yeah, go to manscaped.com for 20% off using the code wrap up and we would appreciate it it's a great way to support this show even if you don't need a a ball trimmer um you can go to you can go to manscaped use the wrap-up code and and we will benefit from it so that was that was our manscaped clean play of the game by a little rejection here from chris boucher all right is there anything else we want to hit on before we get out of here are there any questions you saw or 
Do we want to bring up Fred tonight? Do I want to bring up Fred tonight? (laughs) Well, what do you want to say? I mean, obviously, this isn't the game you want from him, but the thing that's worrying to me is he's all like his, his reputation is that he's a good, gritty defender. And obviously, like, yeah, he, he, he's gritty in there, but, like, it's been a struggle. He's just not playing defense without fouling. And I feel like you just need more out of him. And he's getting frustrated out there a lot. He, he like, arguing with the refs, like, he's supposed to be your leader, and he didn't really keep the Raptors afloat, like, when when they're al- allowing wide-open threes and, and not rotating. And it just seemed like, you want more out of him because he is like the lead. He's supposed to be the leader of this team, and it, this is not like the game you wanted. I just you want more out of him. Uh, your all star, especially, but that, that that was frustrating for me. I wish he would have, you know, helped out this helped out the team a bit more because he really didn't on the offensive end, on the court, off the court, didn't do much for us tonight, and in the yeah. most minutes to forty one. I mean. Yeah, I think offensively you raise or o- offensively, sorry, like these games you have to just live with with Fred VanVleet. Like he's such a good shooter that sometimes he's going to just keep shooting and it's going to be frustrating and they're going to not go down all night. But you got to live with them because we've seen countless times he'll all of a sudden hit four threes in a row. Right. So offensively, I'm kind of like, OK, with it, I would. I do get frustrated when he drives it into the lane and and tries to finish over the trees and it just doesn't go well. So there is definitely some shot selection that I've always been frustrated with Fred, but you just kind of have to live with it because honestly he, he deserves to take some of those shots with, with everything he's kind of given to the franchise. But I think you make a great point defensively. Like he hasn't been able to contain the dribble nearly as well as I think he has in past seasons. And when you now have Gary and Scotty also not containing the dribble very well, it's a problem. And that's actually why I was in favor of taking Gary out of the starting lineup is because both Fred and him were both getting picked on and having two guys in there to get picked on is just, it's too much. Um, So yeah, I don't really know how to explain it with Fred, like why he hasn't been able to keep guys in front of him. And like you said, defend the pick and roll without fouling. Um, But it is a little bit, it is a little bit concerning. I ultimately think Fred is going to get fine, like be fine. And as the season goes on, he's just going to get better. I think he's kind of taking the opposite approach that he did last year, where he played so well in the first half and then his body gave out. It seems to me like he's trying to do everything to play well in the second half. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, Phoenix play, play Z. Thank you for the tip. You did have a question. It was very complicated, so I passed it over. But since you tipped us so graciously, we will get to your question. So you basically said we're six. We're in the sixth percentile in isolation offense. Only zero point seven points per, se- per possession on those plays, which is not good at all. So why don't we run more dribble handoffs? So basically, we're really efficient in dribble handoffs and getting those guys, OG, Pascal, Scotty, downhill should be a priority. I think it's a good point. I just I think it's really hard to look at numbers and then say, why don't we put that into practice? Like there's just so much going on that 
I don't like to like isolate one number or like one play type and say like we're efficient in it. Let's do it a lot more because I just think so much more goes into that. Um, but I do agree. Like I've always said with OG, especially like they got to find ways to get him already going downhill. I don't think it's as much of a problem now because he's kind of just become really good at doing it himself. But yeah, do you have anything to say on on this? I mean, yeah, if you look at the numbers, it's obviously you're trying to go downhill, but you got to look at the flow of the game as well. And, I mean, yeah, the isolation, in the New Orleans game, it was a lot of iso-heavy ball to start the game, and it was not working, and the same can be said for today. So, obviously, the dribble handoffs last year, they they worked fine. So, I mean, you want to obviously keep that going. And I think that, like you always, you like to say, you obviously like, like these these players like setting dribble handoffs every play. It's not something like as an athlete out there you want to do every single possession. You want to, like all these players are players like C. Ackham and Fred, and, and OG are players that want to get their one on one tries and get their one on one isos. And for Fred and or Pascal and OG, like it, it works out pretty well. But obviously for Fred. Uh, we, we've seen him trying to go in, in, in with the trees, like you said earlier, not working. So yeah, I, I'd like to, I'd like to see dribble handoffs more as well. Yeah, like I think this is kind of also a more general question about the Raptors just running an offense. Like they don't run an offense. Let's be really frank. Like Nurse has talked about liking guys, giving guys freedom on offense because it helps them buy into the defensive end. And if you're gonna ask guys to play a crazy style of defense he feels like you have to give them something and what he gives them is like offensively go do your thing like isolate if you need to and people have been complaining about this for years the raptors do isolate way too much um and they don't really run enough set plays and they just don't have a really like an offensive system i wouldn't say but the numbers the problem with these numbers is that like isolations it's always going to be bad points per possession rather than like KD and Kyrie because most of those or a lot of those isolations happen at the end of the shot clock when that's your only option is to isolate and and get something up and dribble handoffs on the opposite is like there's tons of dribble handoffs going on all the time in the game but this number 1.11 is only on plays that are finished like a dribble handoff that actually results in a shot going up right it doesn't just count as a dribble handoff at the perimeter, okay, and now I swing the ball. This is for a dribble hand up the leads directly to a shot. And these are just harder. Like, this is just a lower volume. And that's why I think the efficiency is easier to be higher. It's because the the volume of dribble handoffs that actually result in a shot is lower because defenses stop it the majority of the time, right? Whereas in isolation, the defense can do all it can. You're still probably going to get a shot up at the rim. So I do think that's the problem with like just looking at it as at a points per possession basis. But I take I take your point and I I do think like the Raptors, they could definitely run more of an offense. There's no doubt about that. Um, All right. One more one more sponsor. I know we're doing two now, so forgive us, uh, loyal listeners. We're trying to space it out a little bit. We'll be quick, but we got to always do our wrap up player of the game our can-am tax man of the night i almost forgot it. it's been so long tax man of the night i'm gonna give it to i think uh gary trent jr deserves it um gary with the can-am tax man of the night you know he just cr- like 
he has come off the bench and just been really mature about it. And he's been able to just inject something into games as soon as he gets in there. And and I mean, it is kind of his natural place just in terms of there's a ton of these kind of guys who are just sharpshooters who come off the bench and, and give their team a spark. I think he's done that. I do think there's an argument to keep him in the starting lineup too, just because the spacing is so needed, but credit to him to be able to do either one and kind of just come in games off the bench, not be discouraged. Um, and I think he deserved the tax man tonight. He was, he was really instrumental in that run where they brought it back at the end. The only run that made this game at all entertaining. So just for the entertainment value alone, I will, uh, I will give it to Gary. Phoenix says just, yeah. Were you going to say, I'm just going to say to your point about Gary, it's also impressive. how he's being sure about it in a contract year as well. I know mm-hmm. it's hard for contract players in the contract year to accept a role off the bench, but but I mean in two games he, he's looked great so far. For sure, yeah, and I'll be very curious to see what happens with him at the trade deadline and and at the end of the season. Um, but that's a topic for another day. Just before we get out of here, Phoenix brought up the idea of playing a more heliocentric style around Pascal. I think there is like this is kind of I would just say that's kind of short term thinking like in a playoff series. Is that the best way to maximize every offensive possession? Probably. Yeah. But is Scotty going to be happy just spotting up every possession when Pascal runs the offense? Is OG going to be happy after there was rumors about him? Is Gary going to be happy? Like you have to take into consideration that all of these guys want their touches. All these guys want to expand their wings and develop and, and try different things. So that's why I'm not in favor of like a Luca kind of offense on the Raptors. But I do understand it in terms of if you're just looking for results right now. Yeah, it would probably be a better offense. I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, the Raptors are thinking long term with this stuff. And that's actually why I like Nick Nurse as a coach so much is everything he does is with a idea for the future. And sometimes it looks ugly, but uh, yeah, he's he's trying to develop guys and he's trying to like help this team reach their ceiling down the down the road. All right, we got our our, our two sponsors out. We talked for thirty four minutes about a Raptors getting their ass beat by the Brooklyn Nets. We cover for Samson folk on the reaction podcast. I feel like we've we've done a lot of hard work tonight and we deserve a drink, whatever makes you happy, Keon, after this. So to is there something you're gonna do after this to really to reward yourself? Post the podcast. I'm getting good at that. That's enough raptors for me tonight. It's bedtime for Keon. All right. (laughs) Thank you to all our listeners on the YouTube. Subscribe and like it on the podcast network. Uh, give us five stars if you've never done that. It, it helps the whole Raptors Republic team. And leave a comment. And we will be back tomorrow. Um, I hope someone will be able to host tomorrow. <laughs> but yeah, we should be back tomorrow when the Raptors take on the Orlando Magic in Toronto on the second night of a back-to-back. Until then, thanks again for listening. And uh, have a good night, everyone. Thank you.